Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of Business is Good podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and today I had um, I have the pleasure of introducing Mitch and Shirin from Mitch's Kitchen. Um, Mitch, Mitch's Kitchen is an independent um, vegan food brand um, that actually is uh, close to where I live here on the south coast of the UK. Um, Mitch is an experienced vegan chef and um, Alongside Shirin, they started the business. Um, they started um, Mitch's Kitchen uh, a couple of years back um, and developed a frozen uh, fast food vegan home delivery service. Um, the food is amazing. Um, you will hear that I, again, I recorded this back in um, January. So we've started talking about Veganuary a lot. Um, and I did, in fact, um, completely independently to this, I did actually do a month of uh, vegan veganism back in January. So um, this uh, episode is a really uh, fascinating insight into what it, what it takes to grow a food business. And um, what it takes to grow a business that requires such uh, an amount of investment in terms of, um, you know, ingredients, uh, infrastructure, all sorts of things, but how that shows how Mitch and Sharin together have grown this brand so fantastically over the last couple of years. So enjoy, um, enjoy this episode. If you guys want to just start by introducing yourselves, say who you are, what you do, and then we'll just take it from there. Yeah, perfect. So hi, I'm Mitch and I'm Sharin. And we are the founders of Mitch's Kitchen. Okay, so what is Mitch's Kitchen? What does Mitch's Mitch's Kitchen do? Yeah, you can't say that too many times. Tongue twister, yeah. Yeah, it is. You can't say that too many times together. Um, so we create whole food plant-based meals. Um, so they are hand-cooked. Um, they're made in small batches. Um, they are full of nutrients and they are um, made for people living a fast-paced plant-based life. Um, so anybody that wants to you know, reduce meat or um, is looking to just have a healthy option in their freezer ready to go, um, that's what we serve really. So the ultimate health convenience. So do you guys cook them yourselves as well? Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's all cooked, hand-cooked by myself. Um, so a typical batch, like today I did two different meals. We did our chocolate chilli and jackfruit curry. And I made about 60 meals of each, so 120 meals. 
Um, and all of our packaging is fully recyclable. That was something that was really important. Yeah. And rather than adding preservatives, like a lot of the kind of supermarket, like shelf-stable ones or yeah. ready meals you'll find, um, we use something called a blast freezer. So basically you cool the food down, you portion it up, you put it in this blast freezer and it'll take it from, it can be from boiling hot, right to the way down to minus 18 in about two hours. Oh, wow. So it means it locks in so quickly that if you've ever made, say, a curry at home and then put it in your freezer and then next time you've gone to cook it, everything's gone to mush. Mm. Um, it means it's been a real trial and error to get everything to taste like it's restaurant quality food that you've just had prepared for you rather than a ready meal. Yeah. Um, so certain things will go in raw, certain things will go in part cooked. Like it was a lot of trial and error in the early days just to get the mm. textures perfect so that you wouldn't actually notice like the potatoes, like have the perfect bite or anything like that like it's just a nice textured meal so you don't cook all of it you like some of the ingredients go in yeah, uncooked but things yeah. like peppers will go in raw oh, wow. um certain like potatoes or beans you might boil to a certain bite um there's gluten-free pasta has been the biggest kind of test yeah. um do you make that as well no we just we just use a it's a brown rice pasta and that's the only ingredient in it but mm. it's a like a absolutely delicious and I basically soaked that in cold water um, and it has to be soaked for exactly an hour and 20 minutes any longer is too mushy any mm. less is not like soft enough so again it's like all this Real trial science, and error yeah um, okay so it sounds like so when did you look when did you how long have you been going so we um, came up with the idea back in early 2018 probably about February time that we were discussing doing something along these lines it started out a bit of a deli idea so you know having a cafe or something like that and then it evolved because what we were thinking is how can we reach more people with our food and it was looking at um, food subscription and food delivery which is a growing market in the UK Um, and we already had um, a good online following because Mitch had been running a blog for a few years so we had people that were really engaged and interested in the types of food that you know Mitch as a chef was cooking Um, but then we sort of developed the idea obviously it was a lot of research that went into the packaging you know what our mission was going to be in terms of the food that we're creating and the allergy friendly side of it that we have um, and sort of the ethical side and then um, finding the premises that we can operate from so you know that the premises that we have has both the kitchen element and then you know a warehouse side that we can actually pack and ship orders from so um, that all kind of came together in the summer of 2018 um, took on a premises around September that had to go through a complete refit to be you know food safe for us by by a premises it was essentially a shell it was like an old tractor shed that the previous person used to build like kitchen worktops but we obviously needed it as a fully food safe working kitchen so we came up with the design got all that done and then they've literally made it absolutely incredible within a month it was converted to the best kitchen that we could have ever imagined so it was amazing and we launched um in end of november 2018 so we've been going for about 14 months, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And But you said that you, like, a lot of trial and error went into the preparation or, or developing the food. Were you doing that? Were you getting that ready all the while you were looking yeah. for people? Because were you, presumably you weren't, like, you didn't start. And it's November 18 when you, like, sold your first, like... Yeah. So kind of, it, it kind of was. like So there's certain meals that I'd planned on paper and hadn't actually cooked at all because I was like I want to cook with the equipment I want to do this yeah, do yeah. That. but there's some like we would cook at home like the, the chocolate chilli which is still like some people's absolute favourite um, 
we we used to make that at home all the time anyway. So I knew that was going to be the first like first meal on the menu. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it, we literally had the premise, uh, like the premises built. We started to work on the website. We were doing all this stuff. And then in day one, I kind of went in like, I actually have to design a menu now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was on about 1st of November. Um, and then it was two weeks of intensive trial and error going like, how does the blast freezer work? How, do, how does this oven work? How do yeah. I even do a lidding machine? Like, mm. It was just finding my feet in those two weeks of just really intensive long days from sort of, no, half seven in the morning till at least six in the evening. If not, well, we had one where it was like going to 11, 12 at night, just yeah. putting all the hours in just to fully understand our process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it was November 27th, I think we actually went. Should we just actually, go? Yeah. yeah, normally. Yeah. Um, and how many meals do you sell? Because I, I look at your website, you've got like, is it about, like 10 different like, meals I think it's a, 11 main meals now. So when yeah. we launched... Um, <laughs> Purely you don't couple them every week, though, do you? No. So it's a rotation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a stock rotation of yeah. what's what's selling best as yeah. well. Because you'll have, you know, for example, at the moment we've got a limited edition um, Sunday roast which we sell called Sunday Best, yeah. but we don't do that year round. So that's something that you'll maybe spend like a week you know completely building up the stock for that and then yeah. you can have a few weeks off from cooking that because you know the, the freezer is full and that's kind of the beauty of what we do is that it it holds really well because it's frozen yeah so um they've all got a six month shelf life so i can basically go on like the website that we use it's really easy to track stock so the stock today before we've even cooked it right i'm like i know i can make 60 meals so i can do 30 of the single portions and 30 of the double or whatever it is yeah um and i can the next day go right what do i need to cook open it up see which is at the lowest stock do my veg order which will arrive the next morning yeah um so yeah it's a really nice system to be able to kind of manage and it also means there's no real food waste because it's not like i'm going to order in loads of veg and then work yeah, at what yeah. i'm going to do yeah so i can order the exact amounts of things that i want um we use the fruit basket who are a really good local sort of fruit and veg supplier yeah. and they're our main sort of like daily veg and then we've got um really good cooperatives or um independent wholesalers who again they're very ethical like a lot of them are vegetarian or have yeah. sort of a very strong bias towards vegan and vegetarian food um so we get really good quality sort of grains pulses beans yeah. all that kind of stuff um which is yeah obviously again taken on top of with stock mm. that's my, amazing now i'm intrigued we're actually sitting in mitch insurance kitchen i'm intrigued oh, you home. then come home <laughs> at the home sorry not yeah. no. and the cat in case you have the cat meowing yeah. the cat's here. um do you then come home and cook yeah Something completely separate, different. Yeah. Well, well, tonight you brought back some um, some of the f- meals that you'd made. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of a, a mix. So like sometimes we'll have that for lunch, sometimes we'll have it for dinner. But yeah. we both love cooking. So yeah. like yesterday, you know, it was, a, it was a Sunday. We went out, we did an eight-mile walk in the day and then we came home and I just had... So I'm, I'm half Persian and I had a real hankering for Persian food. So we came back and we just cooked for like two, three hours and I made like three different Persian dishes so we could have that for dinner. So it is a real passion for both of us that yeah. we love. We really gravitate towards good food. Yeah. Do you do any of the cooking for the business as well? Uh, <laughs> or have, you, do you do as you're told? I basically, yeah, sous chef. I'm like, yes, chef, yes, chef. <laughs> yes, chef. And it's, you know, it's, it is because it's very it's very different to like chefing in a restaurant because it is so because it is a production kitchen you have to have 
down to, you know, the minutes and the seconds of everything being done exactly right. So I have to follow those instructions. I can't deviate from it. And it has to be, you know, this style cut of a potato and, you know, this amount of grams or, you know, milligrams of whatever it is that we are making. So, um, but yeah, I have, I have helped out, but not, that's not really my area. (laughs) It comes up with ideas. Yeah. It's like the, well, there's one meal she really wants me to do a mac and cheese, but I'm, it's just not, not my thing, but I know people want it. You know, that's the thing that, that's the thing that I miss, not being able to have mac and cheese. Yeah, and that's it. And it's, it's a comfort thing, isn't it? It's such a comfort. And I've had some really good vegan gluten-free ones that I go, actually, yeah, I I could be eating this more often. Um, I'm in constant search of a a dairy-free mac and cheese, Mm. and I've probably tried all of them. So, Mm. Mitch... Come on. Challenge. <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, that's definitely one that I think Shirin really wants me to do. So I'm yeah. sure like most of our things, as soon as we mention mac and cheese, everyone goes crazy. So yeah, yeah. it, has to, it yeah. has to be on the menu whether I like it or not. But You're resisting, but you've yeah, got to do yeah. it. Yeah. It has to be like exceptionally good if it's yeah. going to be on the menu. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think also because when we were designing the menu to begin with we wanted it to really reflect lots of different cuisines and not just be yeah something that's bulk standard that you could get in the supermarket so and it's not just the cuisine it's the elements that go into the dishes that are very intricate to make and and you could only really do it by hand which is why we really pride ourselves on on what we do with the hand cooking is that you would never get that resembled in a supermarket ready meal so um so you know we've tried to really create a menu that is very unique and now that we've got that and we've got some you know staples in there like I talk about the roast and we've got um a take on a vegetarian or obviously a vegan cottage pie we need some of those sort of home comforts that people although they could make them themselves at the end of the day can't be bothered so they want they want the convenience of yeah I'm gonna have this and then I can also have that on you know the weekend when I'm feeling a little bit tired and I just want you know something I think it's quite challenging though especially if you're just sort of trying out vegan food for the first time so like January vegan mm. vegan veganary veganuary yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's quite challenging for people if you don't just go like vegetable stir fry mm. or just like the obvious things I think it's challenging to get something that tastes can taste nice yeah um yeah. or wants you to keep trying mm. so I think people may be just from experience and from a, talking to people I know you know because it has so many different types of ingredients in it yeah. if you're going to get the nutritional elements into Absolutely. it it's quite easy for it to go wrong I think mm, isn't yeah. it yeah, and I that's think like that's, the fear for people I think isn't it yeah it's that barrier of people like you, you kind of even my background like when I used to have my food blog a lot of the recipes were very much focused around the piece of meat that I was using and then yeah. what seasoning would go on that and then the veg was kind of the afterthought so yeah. you take off that main piece it's no longer your plate is meat carb source vegetables it's kind of how can you get flavors to, like colors textures how yeah. can it be wholesome filling have your protein have kind of like if you're having a workout yeah. is it enough calories because yeah. mm. that's the thing with a lot of um like vegetables they can be very low calorie and very kind of volume foods so you can feel like you're eating a lot of food but then if you actually look at the nutrition you're not actually eating that much so yeah. when i first did veganuary in 2016 that was kind of since then I stayed vegan. I was already cooking vegan food at home for Shirin um, and I was working in a vegan cafe um, as, a, as a chef there. And I just kind of went, well, I'm really enjoying the creative process, mm. but I wasn't eating enough food. I, 
I'd gone from my background of tracking everything I ate. I was mm. very much like obsessed with calorie counting and intermittent fasting and all this, which is can be healthy to a point, but I took it too far. And right. mm. by going vegan, I completely changed that and just went, I'm just going to eat like lots of food and listen to my body. Um, but I lost about a stone in the first month because I wasn't eating enough calories. Mm. And I suddenly went, oh, I can eat more food. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah. it was like a nice revelation of going from really restricting my calorie intake and food and what I was eating to suddenly being like I need to eat all the time but it's delicious and it's healthy and it yeah. makes me feel good and full of energy and all mm. this yeah so actually that's I was going to ask that so you you oh you've only been vegan for three years is that what you four, four years, years now yeah mm-hmm. four years yeah. So, but yeah. Shireen, you already were vegan yeah you? so I went vegan in 2015 right um, and that's that's the thing that we don't really shy away from is that we were both really big meat eaters like and we've grown up and it was from one extreme to the other I was well I had steak for breakfast like steak and Mm. like eggs and we ate a lot of exotic meats and stuff so we went from completely you know a meat eating diet to just for me it was just literally one day I was like I'd been thinking about it for a while like a couple of years and kind of on and off like wanted to give it a go but I didn't want to have the pressure of a label and trying to live up to you know a standard that might not be achievable so I kind of was like quietly thinking about it and then it just happened one day I was like that's it don't want to do it anymore I'm just gonna and what was the reasoning behind that was it health was it was it ethical reasons was it a combination of things I think think initially it it was for me ethical because I'd, I'd you know seen you know documentaries or videos that get shared and that it kind of played on my mind and I thought I don't really want to do it anymore but I love burgers (laughs) I'd watch it and then I'd be like eating a burger feeling guilty about it yeah yeah. and um so it started off with that I just and that that was where I made the decision of all places that that I could have gone vegan we were in America we were doing a road trip and we'd made we were doing a bit of a food tour and we'd made our way round you know, the whole of the US and to this one place, which is like the mecca of meat. And it's this Kansas City barbecue, which does like... I was going like, to say, I bet you're in like Texas yeah. or yeah. Georgia like, or something like, like that. I was Somewhere. so excited. No offence to anyone. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, smoke, yeah. it was like smoky ribs and all this. And like, I was so excited to get there. And we kind of come in the door, order all the food, it comes to the table. And then Trin's like, I'm not really hungry. I'm like, okay. And I just like... <laughs> I was like and eating the beans like and coleslaw like yeah oh this is really tasty which is like you're not eating the meat and I was like yeah I'm just really full I don't really know why and I didn't want to spoil the experience for him yeah and the funny thing was literally we had a steak the night before so it wasn't like I'd been you know eating less it yeah. was like from one extreme to the other and we came out and he was like what's wrong like I can tell like you're not yourself and I was like I just don't want to do it anymore (laughs) but I didn't want to say because I thought I don't want to be that person that's like I'm doing it therefore you have to do it and everyone else has to do it I just thought I'm going to be really kind to myself and I'm going to take it as it comes and I'll start with like reducing and like for me I cut out meat first then I carried on eating fish for like a month and then I ate so much fish I got sick of it so I was like cut that out Mm. and then I went vegan for a month um August. to to try it and it was in the August of 2015 um, the main thing that was holding me back um, this whole time was so I'm celiac so I can't have gluten right. and I thought that's hard enough when I go around people's houses yeah. being like I'm gluten free can you make something for me I thought if I go around and I say I'm vegan and gluten free no one's ever going to have me around <laughs> 
so I thought I'm going to be the most awkward dinner guest ever. But I thought if I can do it for a month and we were going away on a trip and we thought if we can go away outside of our hometown and outside of our own comfort yeah. zone and I can find options then then I can prove to myself that it's doable. Yeah. And and that's what I did. And you joined me for that month and you went yeah. you went vegan for the month and we both like really loved it because we were just experimenting so much with with different foods. And then I just kind of kept it up. But it was it took a while for me to like feel that I wanted to tell people that I was a vegan, if that makes sense, you know, that label. Do you know what? It totally makes sense because I'm yeah. going to a b- birthday party at the end of the month, mm. a birthday dinner at the Ivy in mm. in Winchester. And so our friends, it's my friend's husband's birthday, and she sent round the menu that we need to choose from. And there's not the menu that they've sent, there's only one vegetarian thing on it, mm. let alone anything vegan. vegan. And I felt really uncomfortable about saying to her, Oh, I'm I'm gonna need to have I, I can talk to the restaurant or yeah. I'm gonna need to have something else. And I, th- I know what you mean yeah. because I just thought, oh God, I'm, I'm being such a pain. Mm. Uh, and so I get that. It's yeah. kind of like the psychology of it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you've just got to get over it. That's it. Like once you get past it, and I say, I talk about this a lot, but I've kind of moved towards a phrase of progress, not perfection. And that's how I approach it because I think, I yeah, <laughs> because I think if you... I think about it with anything in life. Like if yeah. you, and it was the same with us when we were launching the business that we had to come to a point where we were like, it's not perfect, yeah. but it's good enough. Yeah. And we'll put it out there and we'll get feedback and then we'll make it better. Yeah. And we'll constantly make it better. And yeah. it was the same with, with this. I thought I might not be completely perfect, but so what? At least I'm doing what feels right for and me. And you're 80%, 90% yeah. better than you were previously. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're right actually. Yeah. And I think with the, so, it, you know, it started out for me very much around the ethical side and then I quickly saw the benefits for my skin and my health and my nails and energy, sleep. Um, so, you know, the health element came in and then um, environmental because there's so much more, you know, awareness around that at, mm. at this point in time. So kind of all the other areas then have at different stages made, made more sense to me and, you know, become very important yeah. to me as, as to why yeah. so I it's a work do in it. progress. Yeah, I like absolutely. That. I like that. I like. I think that's a good approach to have because mm. we also get so hung up, don't we? On it's got to be perfect before mm. before yeah. I do it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I could never do it because I, you know, I love chocolate or I love this, and it's like, well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about you know thirty days from now. Just focus on what you're eating today. Yeah. And like, and if you can do it today, great. Try again tomorrow if you did yeah. it yesterday because you proved yourself you could. Try again the day after. Yeah. Exactly. So, that's really. That's really. That was message. one of the things that I I put up on our social media the other day is focusing on what you can have not what you can't have like yes. it's, it's what you should be eating because it's like I remember before I went vegan as well so like Shirin we were obviously then cooking vegan food at home after this America trip yeah. um, I then got a part time job in a in a vegan cafe which at the time was kind of vegetarian um, and I started working there going like oh this is really fun like lots of new flavours introduced some ingredients that I didn't even know existed and then they were like, we're going to go vegan in January. We're going to do a big rebrand. Mm. Um, and I just went, well, I might as well do it as well because I'm already eating a lot less. Yeah. But at home, I would occasionally, um, I used to work with Muscle Food, which is one of like the biggest UK meat suppliers. I would yeah. do recipe videos and blog stuff for them. And that was like telling them January 1st, 2016, being like, 
hi guys, so I'm going vegan now. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, you're joking. Like my previous order was like zebra and springbok and like yeah. literally like the most exotic meat you've ever heard of. Um, but for me, like Veganuary really proved to me that it you you kind of use meat as just like an easy thing. Like you know that's what you cook with, that's what yeah. everyone, it's the done thing. But when you take that out and you go, you can't use that anymore you get more creative and like it introduced so many amazing new products and flavors and things that we hadn't really experimented with before. Mm. Or you take a simple thing like a mushroom and you're like, how can you make that taste meaty? If you, mm. if you get oyster mushrooms and you shred them and fry them off, they go almost like a pulled pork. Mm. So you can I've get these. I've got some of them for my dinner yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. Like we, it's yeah. the flavors and textures you can make from yeah. like just whole food mm. is absolutely incredible. And it just, to me, I was like, because there is these alternatives, I have no personal need to buy meat or dairy anymore. Mm. It just feels like very selfish of me to think that like, because it's there and because everyone else does it, I should be doing it too. Yeah. Um, so like if we buy say a, the meat alternative burgers or something like say a Linda McCartney burger, like people um, will question sometimes and be like, well, why do you want a, like a vegan burger when you can just buy a beef burger? And it's like, yeah. well, why would you buy a beef burger when you can buy an alter- alternative <laughs> burger? Like, yeah. Then you're not having a suffering of an animal or like mm. the impact on the environment from like raising that animal and all that stuff. Yeah. Like the more you learn about it, it's just like when there's two side by side, if they taste the same, nutritionally they're potentially better, if not exactly the same, then why wouldn't you choose the one that hasn't come from an animal? Mm. No, and I, actually I know it sounds a bit ridiculous. I mean, I've never really eaten a lot of meat mm. and, like when I was sort of like... In my teens, I was I I I think I announced to my parents I was going vegetarian. <laughs> I think that probably didn't go down that well at the time. <laughs> but, and so I've never really been that keen on meat. Mm. I, I, I don't eat lamb. Mm. Never, you know, never ate, ate lamb. And but it sounds a bit crazy. But I got a dog six years ago, mm. and it was when I got a dog and I had an animal living in the house that I really start to become much more aware about yeah. animals in general. Yeah. And it, it sounds a bit crazy, because, but I think you just go along in your day-to-day life, mm. don't you? And you don't think about it. And yeah. But once it comes into your consciousness, you're like, okay, yeah, I, I, I don't really want to be doing that. That's it. And it's different for everybody. I think that's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a moment of association that, yeah. that, like, kicks in. And that was, you know, when we walked into that barbecue place, all it was was there was like a picture of a pig on the wall and I looked at it and I I just thought that's a really cute looking pig and I don't want to eat it <laughs> but like I've never looked at a pig that yeah. way and I, like I've had friends that yeah. um you know have worked and like they have a family farm they've raised animals yeah. and I've gone and seen those animals and I've loved them and yeah. played with them whilst I was still eating meat and then I'd go back and say oh where's Frank and they're like Frank sausages now and I'd be like lol you know <laughs> because that was just like yeah. you know that was it was yeah. just normal in a way and then and then for some reason it just changed for me so yeah. you know it just clicked and I made that association and I thought no I don't yeah I don't want to do that so. <laughs> it's really really fascinating mm. so let, let me ask you what tell me some of the challenges that you've had launching a business money <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and so if you self-funded everything we were very lucky from sort of like grandparents or sort of like close family yeah. in the early stages just helping out with a bit of money just to help us buy stock or yeah like just sign the lease agreement or whatever it was like sort those things um, yeah. but our main source of funding initially was the startup loans company yeah um so 
a really good company. We kind of looked into various forms, like we just missed out on some grants and all this stuff. So we kind of looked at any sources we could. And when we spoke to Startup Loans Company, um, one of our close friends had done a, well, they've got a very successful company now. Um, and he recommended this lady who worked within them. Um, and we had a good meeting with her and essentially went, yeah, this makes sense. So mm. yeah, we got we got that funding and, and managed to kind of get it off the ground. And then we did a, a second round within that to essentially bring Shrin on full time to, to help fund that so we could both be fully in it and, mm. and working as hard as we could. Yeah, I think it's, it, you can never really <clears throat> prepare yourself when you're starting a business because we've done so we've done a lot of challenging like projects along you know our journey and it's only when you're in the thick of it that you realize so much more than you could ever be prepared for so I think you know that that was as we were going down the road we thought oh we're going to need this and we're going to need you know we're going to need funding for that and we're going to need you know funding for cash flow because it's you know we've got to have working capital that's the killer I think cash flow (laughs) yeah absolutely um and then other challenges obviously when when we were first researching where we were looking for packaging that was going to be suitable for freezing then suitable to be heated in the microwave or oven so we give customers the flexibility to do it in Mm. both so that serves two purposes um trying to find something that is sustainably sourced and recyclable so you know the materials that they're using to make this are also then able to go back into the system and be you know yeah. reused um, that took a lot of time and I mean we were so yeah. we were so geeky about it we would literally be in like in bed with our laptops like you know searching <laughs> until like it was a Saturday night until like midnight and I'd be like wow Mitch look at this I've just found this and oh yeah I'll save that we'll get in touch with them tomorrow and then people would come around and they'd ask us oh how's it all going and we'd be like oh, yeah look at these boxes we just ordered and we were like bring down a like multitude like, of different sample, shipping this boxes sample, this what you and, this? and we were like sorry we're really like really overly enthusiastic about like some cardboard boxes but that was our life was really trying to find the right you know packaging all the way through to you know what the meal goes into how we can you know produce that put it into that and then how we can get it to the customer still frozen so that you know if they're at work and it's sitting outside the house then you know when they come home it's still going to be frozen and it's still suitable to pop in the freezer and then cook straight from frozen so there was a lot of research that I don't think we knew was going to take that long and it's and it is also ongoing for us like we're constantly looking for yeah because i guess new developments happen all the time and you're you're thinking about new things that are coming up so you've got to keep pace with what's happening absolutely and also just understanding um you know the difference between and i still don't fully understand i mean compostable home compostable um you know industrial compostable biodegradable degradable like so when you're looking at different materials do they work together because and is it going to confuse the customers because if we're saying this part's degradable this part's recyclable um and it is confusing isn't yeah it? you know as a as someone you know a homeowner when you i don't know what the counts the yeah council it's not do, great but it's like <laughs> no and we will be challenging you, council, you know you can't you, you can't do certain things, but you can do others. Mm. Although they're just trialing um, the bins for the food waste. That's yeah. what I, which I, is good. I really want to get onto Fairham Council about yeah. that. Like that's one of my missions this this year is to at least understand why why the um, recycling and waste management is like that in Fairham, mm. and can they like can they do more with within what the budget? What I don't understand yeah. is why it's different in every single yeah. region. Yeah. It's like 
surely if you can recycle glass and compost and 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 peelings and everything mm. in petersfield yeah yeah why can't you do it yeah. 20 miles down the road in yeah. Portsmouth and 25 miles down the road in Ferrum? Yeah. It makes no sense yeah, whatsoever. That's what I want to understand because it's, it's like at our work, <laughs> we basically, we have, we've got our general waste, which we'll maybe do one bag every two weeks. Yeah. And that'll just be from certain packaging that our big shipments will come yeah. in, which can't be helped. Even yeah. then, like most of the suppliers we use, they'll <clears throat> pack all the individual items in a box which had something else that they get shipped in. Yeah. So even they're very sort of thoughtful over that but then we've got our cardboard waste we've got a glass waste and a food waste so we've got four separate bins which again you can choose the frequency of how regularly they're collected but it's mm. something we very much like we don't have much waste at all mm. um, but the waste that we do have we make sure it's sorted properly yeah we would love to be able to do the same at home because like you said it's it's as a consumer you want to do your part like use your reusable like water yeah. bottle or coffee mm. cup or whatever and you you try and buy things that aren't in plastic but when you do get plastic and it says recycled does that actually get recycled by your local council mm. yeah exactly it's crazy mm. so cash flow cash money and yeah. money and all the research. research the sort of like the intricacies of the yeah. research for your business absolutely and then also um Getting people to understand the concept of what we do because yeah. it's That's the hardest. yeah I think I was going to ask you that because I think if you've ordered or if you've seen products like yours before then it's it's, it's quite makes sense yeah not quite easy to understand but I guess the first hurdle is just getting it's them, the yeah. ready meal like yeah it's kind of if people have a certain view on like the word vegan and what that stands for and what that means but yeah. everyone has a slightly different view on it. And most ready meals is kind of a, oh, I'm short on time, I'll grab a ready meal. It's not going to be great for me. It doesn't taste amazing, but it will fill a hole. And that's yeah. kind of what we're up against, being like, no, this is like this is a hand-prepared, like chef-developed, cooked meal, like yeah. with no preservatives or nasties, and even the packaging's all recyclable, but it tastes like home-cooked food. And there's mm. there's nothing in there that you'll go, oh, it's good, like it's high on salt, it's high on sugars or oils. It's like, it's been really well thought out with whole foods. Yeah. And it's just... A completely different like if you had them side by side like you should be able to taste the difference between a mass-produced factory line ready meal versus one of our meals that's mm. kind of what we're up against mm. but then obviously with that comes the price difference because you could go to say i don't know aldi and get one for like two or three pound whereas ours would be about six pound mm. yeah so yeah. there is that difference in price but it's you're paying for like a lot more with it mm. and yeah. also we we have a, char- a charitable element where we've teamed up with um, Mary's Meals. So for every meal sold, we donate a meal. Oh, right. So, um, oh, excellent, yeah. And again, that even getting that, that was a barrier because we knew from day one we wanted to sort of do more. Like, it wasn't just about making great tasting meals. It was about how can we have a wider impact? So mm. we approached Mary's Meals and they initially said, like, yeah, we'd love to work with you, but you need to commit to something like £8,000. And I was like... We can't really do that like from day one because we don't even know if we're going to make eight thousand pound like, <laughs> like we haven't no, even launched yet no guarantee <laughs> so we kind of went well we'll put that on the back burner and we'll come back to it mm. um and then we discovered an amazing kind of um partnership group called work for good yeah and, and they almost act as like a broker so they go well we as work for good can guarantee we can get this many donations for mary's meals but they could do that from 10 businesses, 50 businesses, whatever it is. So then we can go, actually, this month we can give £300 or £500 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but without having that £8,000 sort of barrier behind yeah. underneath mm. us. And so. also, I think the beauty of, of what Work for Good do, because their, their mission is... 
you know, a lot of big corporate companies are doing that, the CSR, corporate mm. social responsibility piece now, because yeah. they understand that consumers care a little bit more than yeah. they used to do. They want to know, why should I buy with you? What do you do beyond just selling a service? Like, what is your mission outside of that? Yeah. So if corporates can do it, they can guarantee, you know, X amount of thousands to businesses and, you know, charities every year. But small businesses, they want to do that, but it might be just, you know, a drop in the ocean, but it's still something towards that charity's you know, ultimate fundraising. Work for good, work with small businesses all across the UK. You can select which charity it is that you want to work with. And because they have a network of people that are active on their dashboards of, you know, even consumers that want to support ethical businesses that are, you know, doing their, their charity piece, yeah. then it helps us to find new people that would want to buy from us because of that um, element that we have. Yeah, to so it, you're giving back, but it's also a marketing tool yeah. as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, so to give a bit of detail around, you know, Mary's Meals, the reason we chose them as a charity was, firstly, we were looking at could we donate a percentage of you know each profit come that comes from a meal? But then we thought, does that really translate? Because sometimes if you see that on the back of a you know packaging, you think, well, what is their profit? I don't know. So yeah, therefore, yeah. What if they say ten percent of profits. What does that equate yeah. to? So we thought we have to find a way that it's really simple for people to see that it's one for one. Mm-hmm. So when they buy one meal, we donate the equivalent of one meal to a child that is living in poverty. So. Mary's Mills work across 18 countries, um, and these are some of the poorest communities in those countries. They have over 80,000 volunteers that will cook the meals in those areas. Um, And this meal is provided in a place of education, so it encourages those children to be educated and go to school. Oh, wow. So that they get a meal when they're at school, which is a really nourishing meal. And the idea is that by doing that, you're helping to create a brighter future so that these children have the education to hopefully work their way out of poverty and mm. that's what we you know our mission as a business is beyond just you know creating delicious meals and and fueling the next generation of you know fast-paced plant-based people it's about helping to close that that food poverty cycle and end it ultimately yeah i um when the uh, rugby world cup was on this is related but <laughs> slightly tan, tan- gentle whatever the <laughs> um the guy that is the captain of the south african rugby team really inspirational guy he said at the end of an interview they were saying about how you know how well he'd done and what an achievement it was and all the stuff and he was from a township in in south africa mm. and he said no this isn't you know this is great but he basically took it back to i used to go to school just so I could get a meal. Yeah. And that was how he started his mm. whole process of even mm. playing rugby uh, and, and all of that. So yeah. then when you see that come full circle, Absolutely. you're like, okay, that's... Gives yeah. you chills, doesn't it? It does. Like hearing that, yeah, it really like... does. I was just like, I was mm. so, it was just so amazing to hear mm. him sort of say stuff like that. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> so when you launched um, Mitch's Kitchen, what was the main way that you launched it? Is it through social media? You, you said you're going on the radio. So or? yeah, basically with um, like I've always been like really into sort of Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Like with my food blog, um, it was all kind of food based recipes. And like when I then started working in the vegan cafe I was in, again I was still sharing more recipes mm. and photos of stuff that we were making there. Um, so when I kind of announced that I was going to be doing my own thing, and I, I was often showing like stories um, or sort of behind the scenes videos of right we've 
this is our unit where at the moment it's a tractor shed so yeah. like next week come and like see how it's getting developed into a kitchen and like yeah. you made people feel like part of the journey so we had people really engaged from sort of day one of announcing what we were doing so that yeah. when it kind of got to the stage that it's like right we're actually cooking the meals okay you're gonna be able to order very soon keep in touch um, yeah sign up to it was mainly about collecting you know a mailing data, list yeah. so yeah. that's what we did we had a landing page sign up yeah. you'll be the first to know when we go live yeah um and i don't think we anticipated quite the amount of support that we had when we did launch because it was half nine at night on a tuesday evening yeah, it was literally like we so we we built up stock. I think I cooked about three hundred meals and had them frozen with labels. Like it was all kind of ready to go. We we made the website. Like we we did everything in house. We took the photos. We yeah. we went on Shopify, found a template we liked, played around with it, customized it where we needed, got all the functionality. Mm-hmm. Like kind of worked out where we were going. But the whole way along, we thought it was going to be a subscription model. So that was going to be a thing. You're going to order six single meals or six double meals, and that was it. Mm. Um, that's what everyone else was kind of doing within sort of food delivery market. It was yeah. kind of the done thing. And then we were like, I can't work out how to do it. Maybe we just ignore subscription. Like, let's just go without it. Let's set a minimum order and see what happens. Mm. And, On um, the basis of just make some progress. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And, 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 and it's funny because... across something yeah. else. And, and I'm, way, such, yeah. I'm such a perfectionist, or I have been a perfectionist in the past. I think I'm definitely moving away from that. Yeah. And and I think everybody is, and it's your creative, yeah. you know, piece of work. And Mitch was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's ready. And we were just driving back from the, from the unit, which is, you know, 10 minutes from my house. And it was really dark and it was raining. And, and I said, well, is, is the website ready? And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, well... And you've got enough stock to, just to get us by. We've got all the packaging. We're ready to go. What's the, you know, we can't get the subscription element working, but we've got the minimum order up. Why don't we just launch tonight? And he was like, um, oh, yeah, okay. And we came back and we just went, <laughs> it's live, and sent an email out like, hey, the website's live. And there was just an influx of orders, and we were watching them all coming on literally on the by, screen. So when, at half nine um, in the evening, the email went out. By midnight, we'd had 30 orders. Wow. So literally it was insane because it's, I think our first order was our friend Jane. She was on holiday in Spain. And she just happened to check it as soon as the email was sent. She was like, yep, yeah, cool, done. Oh, um, that's brilliant though. But yeah, isn't so then, it? And then like every time we refreshed it, even like the next day, it was still orders coming in. I think it was like the first 48 hours, it was, it reached something like 50 orders. And I was like, I'm running out of stock. Like some of the meals had like gone like completely out of stock. And I was like, I'm not going to manage. Like I had this real like yeah. panic of going, what have we done? Shrim <laughs> like, was still full time work. It was just me doing everything. Yeah. And like the first, like day one of actually sending any orders out, we had twenty seven boxes. And that was me going, how do I make a box? How many ice packs go into it? Like, how does this work? How does the website like? How can I print an order? Like, yeah. just oh, I love it, understanding though. everything. Yeah. So like last minute, I called my friend Matt and I was like, Matt, I need help. Like, are you free? He's like, yeah, I'm just up the road. I was like get here so like me and him were like printing everything like I've got a photo of like all the sheets lined up along the kitchen with all like the labels for the meals like stacked up and like we do like a little handwritten note just to say thank you to everyone so again it's like right who's this one okay thanks oh yeah (laughs) like like it was amazing and then watching them go out the door I was like I've got to do that again tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) and And the the next day yeah and and it's like what are people going to think how are we going to do this so again like from that first couple of days I was like I need to allow myself some days to cook so we need to reduce deliveries to maybe two or three days a week yeah because otherwise I'm just not going to be able to go right if I've got to do a delivery day I'm not going to have a chance to cook around that so then we just yeah basically assess the situation when well let's do Wednesday and Friday deliveries 
um, that I can cook in between. It gives yeah. me a few days. Um, and if needs to be, I can cook on delivery days. And it's yeah. like now it's a really efficient machine, so I can cook pretty much five days a week, mm-hmm. even with deliveries, and it will still work. Yeah. And is it still only the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It is. Yeah. It's good fun. Like I think we're like we're ready to kind of grow and and eventually get stuff in, but it's yeah. still it's to do with timing and to do with cash flow. Of like course. we yeah. we don't take a salary yet because we're obviously putting everything back into the business. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't be able to afford to take someone else on because of the added pressure because then you also need to have the money to market and do all this stuff. And, yeah, so yeah. you've got to... I know, it's such a challenge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, like you have to be... Thing. Sorry, Kat's joining the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got to say, hey? <laughs> this is our this is our gluten-free vegan cat. <laughs> Are you going to sit... Yeah, she's yeah. going to oh, sit on the laptop case. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the dumb thing with cats. It's sitting on the laptop case. I love oh. it. I love it. Ruth, when I get home, Rufus is going to be like, who? Yeah, what smell it. is that <laughs> on there? But, you know, you said that you had all those orders come in quite quickly. Do you think that is because, or some of it is because, you already had quite a following on your on your social media and on your blog? Absolutely. Yeah. And without that, it would have been a bit more challenging. Because you've yeah. always been working for years to get to build that up yeah. as well yeah so I think it was like we had obviously a lot of them were close family friends and stuff yeah. and people which is still it was really touching to us that the people that said they were going to actually ordered yeah. because it's one thing like be like oh yeah I'll order and then it's like oh God, are you going to pay now and they're like nah next week <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but it was like the amount of people that actually went yeah day one done my order great I can't wait to try it um, but yeah I think that that definitely helped because we knew how to use social media we knew how to market we knew yeah. like we believed in the product so much and we we showed our passion towards it that other people before even trying it were like oh like if they're that passionate about everything behind the scenes then i can imagine the foods had that much passion mm-hmm. going into it so like yeah exactly. I will try and it. i think that's really important mm-hmm. because it quite obviously just like you talking to you both about it you're just so enthusiastic mm-hmm. so i i i am gonna go home and do no. <laughs> especially if oh, do you want me to wait until february here? oh no no no, 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 no. <laughs> are you a bit busy yeah. no, <laughs> go have go some ahead, brownies yeah. for you to try in a bowl. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I mean, also nice. like being veganuary we're doing 20 percent off like at the moment so if this does go live during January um, it's just off. yeah okay. for January and capitals for 20% off yeah, but, um, yeah it's a big it's a big month for us because I think you know people start that new year and they, they want the challenge of you know healthy eating and you know trying something new trying something that is yeah. a, a bit different and it may be a little bit difficult um, and we're there to hope, hopefully make it a bit more accessible well I think you, yeah, you make it accessible and I think you start to show people what kind of thing is yeah. possible for Absolutely. them to maybe do themselves Yeah, I mean definitely if I manage to keep keep it up mm. but, you know you want that your kind of service because you can't every night no. cook from scratch and it does require that yeah um, absolutely and that's it and it's, it seemed like having a ready meal is like it seems almost shameful to some people it's like yeah. oh, no, I, I don't buy ready meals I cook all my food and I'm like yeah like in an ideal world I would cook all my food every night but yeah. like there's days where you get caught unexpectedly you could have to work longer than thing you car could break down like whatever it is yeah. you get home from holiday you haven't got anything in the house like at least yeah. if you go oh actually I've got a Mitch's kitchen in the freezer I can just put that in you yeah. know it's a fail safe for the days that you don't expect to mm. be short. And it's really good though that you can put them in the oven as well as a microwave because yeah. I don't have a microwave. Yeah, that's so it. often you find yeah. if you do find um, something and it, it's only microwave yeah. and you're like, well, I don't have one at the Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I think what's what's been really 
encouraging is, you know, those first orders that went out and then also, um, you know, our ongoing customer base is even if it was friends and family, they they are going to be honest with you as to whether they think it's up to scratch, especially like if they're paying a little bit more for it to be, you know, whole food, unrefined, you know, the best quality ingredients you could possibly get. And also, you know, sustainable packaging, carbon neutral delivery, we're partially solar powered down at the kitchen. We've tried to think of, you know, as much as we possibly can. When they then taste it and they tell us, or we get, you know, a text, like I had a friend that did an order the other week and he's messaged every day, like, oh my God, I've just had this one and it's amazing. <laughs> like, and especially if, I think yeah. it's the biggest compliment if somebody is a meat eater that then tries our yeah. food and tells us, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I had a friend and her fiance, now husband, um, tried it and he's a big meat eater. And he's like, oh God, then just give us a spoon and then he's like wow I didn't think it was going to be that filling as yeah. well so it's actually not only is it tasty but it's it's you know got the amount of you know calories and, and density mm. in the food to fill you up yeah. and not feel like you need to you know cook some garlic bread on the side or something yeah um yeah, yeah. so I think that's that's a really big compliment and then also what's really interesting to us is like we surveyed our customers last year just to get an idea of like what's their lifestyle like who are the people that we are you know marketing too and I think we had to constantly do that as well and look at the mm. different demographics that we yeah, have yeah because there are different things that appeal to them differently yeah. Yeah. so we have you know new parents that's that's a big market for us we have working parents we have you know working professionals we have you know retired people um, parents whose children are vegan you know or that family members coming to visit who's vegan so we have a real mix of um, of people within our customer base but what I found most interesting is that only 33% of our customer base would describe themselves as veggie vegan or plant-based and so actually the majority of our customers are eating a standard western diet and I think that is really really interesting because that's that's always the approach that we've had is that it's plant-based so we're not expecting you to eat one of our meals and then completely can change your whole lifestyle and chuck out you know everything that you've got that's not classed as vegan we're we're showing you how good plant-based food is or how good food is that just so happens to be vegan and it's really convenient and it's great when they when they enjoy it tapping i didn't know what it was i'm sorry it went a bit random um yeah, I think that the thing is with that survey as well, it, it'd be tempting to think that your marketing is just about we t- we're marketing to vegans. Yeah. But within that, that's like saying we're marketing to humans. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's so many people within that. Absolutely. That, that the messaging and the things you say to them and how you educate and how you promote mm. are totally different. And all right, you're a small company at the moment and you probably can't do multiple sort of campaigns to different people, but it will start to yeah. as you get bigger, won't it? Yeah. You'll be able to really refine it down. Yeah. That's it, even with like, so we, um, as well as like main marketing side for us, so we've had... Generally, it's been like things like social media. Yeah. Um, then you can do sort of the promoted posts or actually yeah. do the sponsored ads. So yeah. Google adverts and things like we we didn't really know what we were doing. We tried to do it ourselves and ended up putting this Google campaign live, which was called a dynamic campaign, mm. which basically you set your budget for the month yeah. and it can choose how quickly it wants to spend it. So I put it live and within an hour, it spent 150 pounds. I was like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> like, I was like, what are you doing? And it was like, oh, it's because it's getting like good click-throughs and good traction, but we didn't get any sales. So yeah. we ended up um, speaking to one of our sort of good friends who that's what he does. Mm. Um, he was really able to narrow down and fine tune to say like, right, these search terms are giving this result. So yeah. actually, yeah, 
yeah, Google is good for you or Instagram's good for you or Facebook, whatever it is. So, And I think what's really important to remember about that is that he's the one programming those adverts in, but it's the content that we give him that yeah. works. And ultimately, that's something that has always been a real strength for us is we've really enjoyed the, the sort of the way that social media has evolved over the years and and also looking at how it is going to continue to evolve, being really close to that and monitoring it and understanding what is it that makes people engage on a post and what is it that makes people want to buy from you and constantly looking at that, constantly trying to learn from it um, and create the content that works for our audience. And like you say, when we're if we're doing targeted adverts, some adverts will work for some people and some yeah. will work for others. And it's the same with our posts because ultimately we can't create a social post that taps into every single one of those audiences and the no. copy doesn't tap into all of those audiences. So we've got to know that we'll get some engagement from from one set of audience and then some from another on a different post. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. I think that and that's one of the key things I think people need to remember that mm. it's it's you have to really sort of like I hate the word niche, but it is niche. Yeah. You have to really go down as narrow as you possibly yeah. can on on certain things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can waste a lot of money on Google. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. yeah. And Facebook ads as yeah. well, you can. Yeah. You know, can suddenly, like, you know, really rack up. So like you say, you have to just test, see what's working, yeah. stop one, stop two, and just keep the one going that is. Yeah, so I think for us, important. the thing that works best is the face-to-face interaction. So doing things like the vegan events or kind of is these, it? these kind of shows. So we did... Our first ever kind of vegan event was um, VegFest in Brighton, which is sort of very well known as one of the biggest ones. We kind of got all our banners printed, had a really nice stand, like really happy how it looked. But you spend like a few hundred pound down there and people just kind of will walk past, take free samples and wander off. Like it wasn't really what we thought it was going to be. And then while we were at that event, we were chatting to a lady who um, had one up in, was it Tombridge or somewhere? Uh, no, it was uh, Rochester. Rochester, yes. Oh, yeah. So she did um, the Rochester Vegan Festival. And she was like, if you do a cooking demo, you can have a stand. And um, we ended up going along and selling like 10 times as much as we sold at um, VegFest. And it was like a really nice, um, like really good environment. Hall, really, like, yeah. Just chatting to people coming past. And then, oh, yeah, I'll get some of them. Yeah. Um, and we find actually some of the smaller events we do so much better at because I think the people that come in, maybe they pay a pound, two pound, three pound to get in, but they're already excited about the products that are going to be there and having something slightly different. Like we're ordinarily one of the only ready meals. Like no one's really doing something like us, especially mm. as a frozen ready meal. Mm. Um, and yeah, being a, kind of amongst people and getting them to see it, feel it, see the size because that's the other thing with our portion sizes they're very generous so it's mm. like 450 grams for like one person or 900 grams for two people or one very hungry person um, <laughs> and they look like big portions because they're yeah. like where it is whole food plant-based it's good volume food but not really calorie dense mm. so our meals are say between 300 and 600 calories right so okay. we, i think our highest calorie one something like 626 but that's our uh, rainbow sushi bowl which is has nearly 30 grams of protein so it's quite yeah. a high calorie high protein yeah, yeah. one mm. so if you're also looking at your protein yeah then which you know then then that's yeah that was one thing which um i'm getting people asking about it now and it might be something that 
like I potentially would like to develop a range more for athletes, which is higher protein, higher calorie, and it is specifically tailored for that. But that yeah. was my background with my blog. Like it was called Macro Mitch. Everything was macronutrient based. It was oh, always right, okay. it was always high protein, and then it was either low fat or low carb or something in between. Yeah. Um, and when I was do- designing these meals, the nutrition was the last thing I cared about. Like I literally. <laughs> When, well, I'm not going to use much oil to fry it off because I don't really need to and I don't want to add this much salt or if yeah. I'm using sugar, I'll use a coconut sugar or a maple syrup so they're unrefined sugars. And in the end, when I would kind of do the meal, um, put it into our nutrition software, like do all the before and after, get it out and like, every time it was between that 300 and 600 calorie mark for a portion and I was like, cool, that's great. Yeah. It shows you, doesn't it, if you're using good ingredients, yeah. so that's the result, right? And we just... You know, you can blow 600 calories on mm. something so yeah. with so little nutrients. Yeah, in. Um, that's it. I, actually, that's a really good idea of getting a pack of Oreos because <laughs> Oreos are vegan and stat how many Oreos it is versus one of our meals, yeah. just as a side by side. Because it's like you can eat like what? I didn't know Oreos were vegan. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not gluten free, but then Tesco's do their own ones. My eyes are lighting up. Yeah. As you leave here, this is on my yeah. way. This is the one thing about when like vegan diets. Just because you have a vegan diet doesn't mean you have a healthy diet. Yeah, and that's that. And I think that's, that's that can thing. be the challenge, mm. can't it? I think um, it's like like any diet, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You choose to to focus on your macro and micronutrients or not mm. but yeah. yeah I think you have to be really I'm much more aware of it as I yeah. you know, the, sort of the older I get that and was... that's it like with um, all the alternatives that are coming to market now I mean the, the, the vegan market is booming and it's a really yeah. exciting time and obviously we, we have days where we do want to eat you know junk food yeah. which is not part of our everyday but it's again it comes down to balance and I also mm. see the effect that it has on my energy when I eat that kind of food and it's just as unhealthy for you as if you were eating the processed version that had had the yeah. it still goes through a process we want to eat food you know 99% of the time that is so unrefined and so unprocessed yeah, so it's, exactly. it's the way that it is supposed to be you know fueling your digestion and, and your energy yeah you're right I saw KFC have launched a vegan mm. yeah like um, uh, the vegan whopper came out today oh did it thing. Yeah. so but that's an interesting one because although the whopper is vegan you have to say no mayo and it's also then fried on the same grill as like the obviously the meat burgers yeah so they're like it's actually not suitable for vegans because of that side of things yeah so it's kind of like yeah we've got the product but it's not quite ready yet yeah we can't serve it to you progress not perfection yeah. exactly but yes and that's it should burger king be doing that right yeah i guess that comes when it's a small company yeah yeah just you know i think that's an interesting conversation again because some people some people sit on the side of the fence where they don't like all the meat um producers or the major corporations going right we're going to jump on the vegan bandwagon and come out with a product because they think it's you know at the end of the day they're not an ethical company and you're just you know putting money into mm. their pockets Cashing in. and then the other side of the fence that I think I look at it positively as well the conversation that we're having around making it accessible if I was a teenager and yeah. my friends all ate meat and I wanted to be vegan and we were all going out and they said oh let's go to KFC there's an option for me there and I don't feel like I'm not being included yeah. and I think that's really important it normalises it I agree and I think at the end of the day if these these companies can see that there is a demand and they can actually make money from these products then fantastic and it takes away sales from people people buying a meat based product mm. so it shows that there is a market for both and I think that's what's really important. So, yeah, it's it's about the inclusion and then 
you know, it gives the argument where people are like, oh, I could never do it because I love this and I love that. Then I say, ah, there's a vegan magnum now. You know? I know, aren't they delicious? <laughs> and apparently Aldi, Aldi have now got their own ones. So oh, have they? Nice yeah. I'm a little bit obsessed with the vegan, um, the, the, the magnum with the arms Almonds, on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, I try not to. Yeah. Only when they're on offer do I yeah. get them. Yeah. They're not yeah. cheap. And that's, no. that's, and that's the, the other thing, yeah. right? The, Is the it, price hike. Yeah. I think knowing from our experience that, you know, to, to sort of break it down for a consumer, the reason why there is a price difference is because of the research and development that goes into making a product yeah. like this. One of our favourite um, uh, milk alternative chocolates that we will have is Nomo. And um, so it's made by a company called Kinnerton and they spent six years developing that chocolate for it to taste just as good. And no yeah. means no missing out. And that's their whole ethos with this brand. And we think you can tell that they spent that long developing this yeah. product. So there is going to be a slight price difference because you know, they've got to recoup yeah. the cost that it's taken them to get to that. Yeah. And then eventually Absolutely. it will level it's out. Level. It's the supply and demand as well. Like if you've got 20 million of people course. buying this and you've got like <laughs> a few hundred thousand buying that, of course it's going to be cheaper because we can like, even for us in terms of like bulk buying, like sometimes if we have to buy a short run, you're buying like a kilo yeah. versus 10 kilos, mm. the yeah. difference in price, it's, it's mad. So that on a huge scale yeah. is going to be insane. So that's what it translates to when you actually part of your money. But it's also... Like there is definitely companies slapping the vegan logo or gluten free, yeah. these labels and charging like more for it because they can. Yeah. Like it's amazing when you see things that are gluten free, like say a packet of rice, which hasn't got any flavour, <laughs> it's just rice, and then it, it ends up in the gluten free section for a little bit more expensive. It's like yeah. you can literally just go to the rice aisle and just pick up a bag of rice. But it's marketing at the end of the day. It it's, is. It's like it is. psychology yeah. of it shopping, is. isn't it? I know it's terrible. So. Well, I guess we better draw to a close because we could probably talk about this for hours. <laughs> Um, but yeah otherwise everyone's going to get like when is this finishing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much no, for talking um, so what's your website again mitcheskitchen.co.uk mitcheskitchen.co.uk go check out the so you've got a chilli haven't you that I think looks yeah. chocolate chili, delicious yeah. chocolate chilli yeah. that's on my list yes <laughs> alright Hope you um, enjoyed that episode with uh, Mitch and Shirin uh, from Mitch's Kitchen. It was fascinating to talk to them. And uh, the jar of vegan uh, vegan uh, mayonnaise that they gave me was very well received. And I can tell you that the chocolate brownies that, uh, that they sell are so delicious. Even if you're not vegan, you will absolutely 100% love them. Um, so do check out uh, Mitch's Kitchen and I hope you enjoyed that episode. <laughs> Tune in next week where we have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for, what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done. <laughs>